Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call on your favorite podcast directory. iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever you'd like, we're on them all. The Hog Call is only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored, Razorback podcast. Created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just Go Hogs. This will go a long way to allow other Razorback fans find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support the podcast financially by clicking on the link in the show description. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear? Leave a voicemail by clicking the link in the description below or send an email to hogcallpodcast.gmail.com. Well, it's good to get that mess out of the way. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Chad. Good to be here. I wish we were talking about a win instead of a loss. Another loss to A&M. So, not that great, but we're here. I'll tell you what, man. I'm not doing very good either. I'll be honest with you. I got a uh, white Russian tonight to kind of tide me over. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things, man, where uh, you go out there and you you do the same thing again. I've been saying that this season looks eerily similar to last year. And uh, all these folks that are out there like going, Hey, this is it. We've turned the corner. This is the same thing you said last year. And we didn't win a game. So, uh, our SEC game, I guess I should say. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we're in the same boat. Hopefully we can beat Kentucky. I think that's going to be our best chance to get a win um, for the rest of the year. So, you know, I mean, they don't look good, you know, with the injured quarterback and, and, uh, you know, putting, I think that they have to put their wide receiver over at uh, quarterback because their backup is also beat up pretty bad. So, you know, I mean, this might be the best chance we have to get an SEC win in the Morris era. If we truly made a uh, progression in this program from that loss to A&M, and let's say, like you said, nearly similar to last season, same thing happened last year. We lost by seven to A&M. We had a chance uh, to, to tie the game, put it into overtime or win it in the last couple minutes. And when everybody thought, Hey, this is, this is it. This is our, we're, we're about to turn the corner. And we didn't, we played uh, like, excuse my language, shit the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So is it going to be the same thing? You know, these games with AM have been close. Uh, five out of the last six games have been decided by seven points or less. Three of them have gone to overtime. Is this true? We made some big plays in that game. Uh, there were some positive, but I think some coaching mistakes at the end uh, led the way that kind of led to the loss. There's things to be hopeful about, but I'm cautiously optimistic because we thought this last year. Now, they do have a chance, like you said, against Kentucky, a very good chance, maybe their best chance of the year to get an SEC win. So it's going to come down to next week. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we do got some uh, some fan uh, feedback. We got a, we got a voicemail. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and play that. 
Uh, it does have some pretty pretty hefty language, even for our show, in it, and uh, uh, it's understandable after that loss. So you might need to, you know, hit the uh, fast forward button. I know and, these these always run a minute, so you can, you know, hit it twice if you're on iTunes and, and get right through it if you don't want to hear the uh, the f bomb. Uh, might have to throw and, an explicit tag on this week's <laughs> podcast too, but. And, uh, just wanting to let the fans know that uh, that that it's it's coming. So uh, here we go. Let's take and, a listen. And, oh, and keep in mind too that this was right after the game. So. Oh yeah, yeah. This was right. I mean, he this came in like right after the game. So he is a tad bit frustrated. There we go. Gonna need a beer after that one, guys. Um. Tell me again that it's the players. It's the players' fault. It's that they're not committed. It's that Arkansas doesn't have the talent after that game, after hanging in there with Texas A&M like that. Uh, I am pissed off still. I mean, I just... Naughty word time. Fuck these coaches. This is coaching. That's what this is. That's what this boils down to. That's what the San Jose State loss boils down to. That's what the loss boils down to in this Texas A&M loss. Um, it's not the players. It is not the players. Well, I agree, Matt. And, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think I can disagree with you at all. I think the the effort that we saw the players put out in this A&M game sh- it shows that that we do have the talent to win some SEC games. But again, you can have all the talent in the world if you don't have the coaching. And that's what Bear Bryant said. Uh, he had that famous quote where he said, uh, you know, I, I don't care how good of a recruiter they are. You can have them go out and recruit all the best players. But if you can't coach them up, you're just going to have really good high school players. So, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's what's going on. But uh, it's definitely... An issue, in my opinion, with the coaching. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, especially the one thing that lingers on from the A&M game a couple of days after, too, is that last drive, when we had a chance, we were down four, had a chance to win that ball game in that drive. Looks good. They start off both first, you know, we start the drive off with about three and a half minutes. They start first downs each. Uh, start Rakeem Boyd with the, with the run. He gets about five make a pass play for a first down. Then we run the ball again for Rakeem with about five. That shortens up what we have to do to get a first down. So a couple plays later, you know, we make it down, and that was the last time he touches the ball with under, you know, two and a half minutes left. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just atrocious leaving him out. He's only got 18 carries for the game. Fresh, still fresh legs. He's averaging five yards a play. How do you not go to Rakeem Boyd, one of your biggest playmakers, a guy that, that, you know, played at A and M, and he's been he ran it good against them last year. He looked really good Saturday. How do you not find a way to either find him in the run game, something, or uh, or find him in the pass game to even give him a chance to make a play? He's good in op- open field. He looked good running against those guys, mm-hmm. um, and it was a shame that they didn't. They just totally forgot about him. Yeah, and I see where everybody wants to talk about how we've moved the ball um, up and down the field and. In between the 20s, we move the ball. But uh, other than that, we don't. We seem to stall out once we get in the red zone. Um, 
you know, I think, like, I'm just looking back at some of the notes I made here uh, after the game, or during the game, and, uh, you know, we only had two offensive touchdowns. That's a problem. You know, I said here, you know, we should have run the ball on second and goal three times in a, in a power eye formation with Boyd, and he was averaging over five yards of play. I mean, statistically speaking, we are, we're going to punch one of those in. You know what I mean? And uh, and we don't do it. And that, that cost us a touchdown. And that was, you know, that was a uh, second goal situation. The first, uh, the first opportunity that we had there. And then uh, on the next series... Uh, you got a third and three instead of running the ball with Boyd uh, out of a big package again. You know you uh, you know you start you know throwing it all over the field. You know uh, last play of the half uh, called uh, we could have called something. Uh, we could have called something on that. Uh, we had a little bit of time on the clock and instead we we went out and you know took the took the big nil to take it in at halftime. For somebody that said that we were aggressive aggressive uh program or aggressive coach last week exactly yeah so where'd that aggressiveness go you know how about and let me give you some ideas you know what what would you call in that situation i don't know maybe a double reverse pass maybe a flea flicker maybe a statue of liberty you know there's different plays that you call you can call in those situations that are going to be big time plays and you know we tried to run some of those in some of the other games um notably the old miss game and stuff like that but this is a situation where you know, that stuff makes sense, and you don't do it when it makes sense, but you're doing well, it when it doesn't make sense, you know? Well, well, Chad, too, they had just taken – we had the lead. We had all the momentum. We let them score. Uh, we miss a tackle at the, about the 15-yard line, and uh, Davis for A&M turns it up for the touchdown, swings the momentum back their way. But we still have a few seconds left, not enough where if we throw it downfield or try something, try a Statue of Liberty or Flea Flicker, you know, like you're saying – and try something. There's not enough time for them to, to, to do anything with the ball. Mm-hmm. We ha- need a chance for something to swing that momentum back our way. At least show us, you know, we're we're, uh, you know, we're not going down, and we're still, you know, taking this. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're not down after right. after they swung back. We're gonna swing right back at you. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. Totally agree with you. Uh, you know, then we had, uh, you know, our second to last series. We throw the ball five times in a row uh, with the running back averaging five yards per carry. Why are we Why are we throwing the ball? You know, five times in a row. Not just that we threw the ball five times on that series, but in a row. You know what I'm saying? Just throw, throw, throw. Uh, the last series, uh, we passed the ball seven times in a row uh, before we get sacked. Then we passed the ball three more times after our sack. Now we we we've had we had our timeouts, right? We could have run the ball, used some timeouts and things like that on that last drive. Mm-hmm. We could have took a little bit more time, you know. Uh, but we didn't do it, uh, you know. So to me, that that's that's where the you know the bad offensive coaching comes in. Uh, I, I I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, there's that pass interception uh, penalty that should have been called, and that cost us a game, and this that and other, you know, maybe so. But I can understand having one bad you know series, right? But five bad series, uh, play calling series, that's 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 just horrible. Yeah, we've got to learn if we're going to win some games, we got to learn how to not how to convert those red zones. We had the chance the first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. We had a chance to score a touchdown and just really get on them like, "All right, this, you know, we we actually I like I like that we uh, did not defer this time that we received the first half and we look and you could tell it's like, "Here we go. We got the ball." And mm-hmm. then it comes down to then we're just stalled out. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh now, like I said, the, one of my notes here, I say, uh, 
and I, you know, I thought this was really, really important. I said, any of those managed correctly puts us in a position to just need a field goal at the end of the game, right? Any of those, yep. that's all we need. And we, we got down in field goal range. We could have kicked the field. We'd have been okay. So we put our quarterback in a situation where he felt like he had to throw the ball. So you wonder why, why was the ball picked off? Because he was in a situation where he felt like he had to throw it. And uh, you're, you're, he's already getting a lot of pass plays called, called in. It's what he feels like has to happen at this point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So And it's the way the coaches are, are, are portraying the game to him at that point, too, with their play calling. And so that's where that's where you get that. You know, that's where you get that that, that pass that bounces off the shoulder pads of of uh, C.J. O'Grady, which was crazy. I couldn't believe he didn't catch that man. I, he 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 zinged it right in there. I don't know. Almost maybe it surprised him or something. It was coming that that quickly. Um, and then uh, you know, if we manage, let's say, two of those series correctly, you know, we're going to get the win. You know, it's flat out win, right? Just with uh, managing two of them. But if we manage three or more of those series correctly, and that's a decisive win over the 23, you know, the 23 ranked team in the nation. So that's where I get upset about coaching because there was plenty of opportunities to win this game and not just win this game, but win this game handily, you know? Yeah, I think we could have uh, really took it to them, scored first, scored a couple more times and took it to them. Uh, you're correct. Not not even winning by a field goal, winning by a point or two, but really beating them. You know, something like thirty-eight to twenty-one uh-huh. or something. A couple things just 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 seemed like it stalled out, and a couple things we couldn't take advantage of. And yeah, you're right. The the pass interference, the or the 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 non-pass interference call at the end wasn't wasn't the difference between the game because we still were getting first downs. It would have been nice to have those yards with. You know, but we still, it was, you know, it, we still got the first down after that. At the time, it was like, oh, man, we could have had a first down. But we did convert a couple more. So that wasn't the deciding thing of the game. Uh, we had plenty of chances in that game. Exactly. Um, exactly. And it's easy and, to put it on the, the, the refs. It's easy to say, oh, the refs missed that call, so we lost the game. It's easier than saying, oh, you know, our coaches aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And I've heard some people out there on, on, on social media that says, hey, you know, you guys keep saying you don't like the play calling and you don't like what's going on, but, you know, there's nothing specific about it. Well, there you go. They're specifics. If you need you need to know what everybody's talking about, tune on in to the, the Hog Call podcast because we'll tell you. That's what everybody's thinking. That's, that's what everybody that are saying these things are thinking. Yeah, I don't know how you couldn't watch it and not determine that. Uh, some players really made some plays in that game. Mm-hmm. How about Ben Hicks when he comes in, comes up and really steps up? I mean, uh, and also how about Gabe Richardson f- stripping that the ball from Spiller and Harris oh. scooping and scoring? Huge. I mean, the, that's, the, we, were down, we were down 14-3 to three at that point. Our defensive scores all year long have been huge for us this year. And without those, our games look much worse. Take out every defensive score we've had this year, and then what are what does our ending score look like? Because that is what your offensive guru is is doing out there. Yeah, can you imagine a team with a, a potent offense that could score, not just drive the field, mm-hmm. but a, with a potent offense and then a defense that gives you a touchdown every game or a touchdown every you know, like it's, I mean, they're aggressive and looking to score. Everybody that says it's the, you know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not the coaches, it's that and others. You know, I agree with Matt. I mean, look at how hard those players played this game. 
And obviously, we got the talent to compete in the SEC. We got the talent to compete with one of the best teams in the nation. I mean, we just did that. I almost won the game uh, against Texas A&M. If, if the game is called better, we win that game. If, if, the game, if the play calling is better, we win that game. You know, uh, so, you know, if we're not going to have, let's say, a big package, right, and we're not going to run the ball uh, like that out of out of a power eye and, and, and forcefully hammer out our one-yard situations when we need to, well, what are we going to do? Because, you know, the option isn't working in these situations, you know? So what are we going to do? Yeah, we're going to have to start getting more creative or I don't, I don't know, um, or just kind of keep it simple and Knowing when to feed the hot hand or run the ball a little bit with Boyd. You got a uh, one of the leading rushers, uh, one of the best running backs in the in the conference, and you're not, again, not using it to its potential. Again, five yards per carry. Another game, and only five eighteen, only eighteen carries. So he, he should have got twenty five to thirty touches. Yeah, in a game like that in the SEC, um, when he hasn't when he hasn't had back to back thirty five carries a game he's got it man he's 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 came out a few times for a little break in these games but he hasn't went down like last year with an injury he's stayed healthy he's um he's in really good shape he's he's ready to carry the load like that mm-hmm. and i just think i just it just kind of makes me mad that last drive of the game especially just not just not looking for him because he he's he's good in the open field and he can blank a play on that field especially that side of the field you just got to get him some Give him a chance. No, absolutely. I totally agree. And, you know, just so everybody knows, obviously we got a uh, bye week this week, and we're not going to really get into Kentucky uh, that much this week. We'll get into that next week and really give you a good recap and and, uh, and really drill down in Kentucky and stuff like that next week. So this week is really for us all about uh, this A&M game and, and some of the other sports, which we're excelling at. I'm super excited to talk about that later on the podcast, so stay tuned. Uh, but what do you make of us scoring 31 points on all these losses? Like, every single one. Scoring 31 points? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Texas A&M, 31 points. San Jose State, 31 points. Uh, Ole Miss, 31 points. Every game... That we've lost, we've scored thirty-one points this this year. Or we've given up thirty-one points. Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said scored. Giving up. There we go. We I need was to like, score I would... more than thirty-one points. But what do you think is the issue with not being able to score more than 30, 31 points? Sorry. Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. Um, um, that's that's something I didn't, I didn't even look at that way of giving up thirty plus the last four games. The only team we didn't is against Portland State. Mm-hmm. And they scored 13, and that wasn't very good. But, yeah, I mean. Even Colorado State, uh, you know, was 34 points. They gave up. We gave up 34 points on them. So, it seems like, like, that's, like, like we're in this 31, 30-point, like, if we can score more than 30 points, we can win these games, right? I think that's what it's coming down to. <laughs> in a Chad Moore system, I think we're going to we're gonna have to win games 50 to 30-something, 40 to 30-something. I mean, goodness, but who wants to do that, right? I mean, that's tough. That's putting a lot of pressure on your offense. It yeah. really is. Yeah that's, a, yeah, that's a lot of scores. We really need the defense to step up and, and kind of, you know, qual, qual that down. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. It's nice they're getting defensive scores, 
But come on. Stop letting these people score on us. In situations where we shouldn't let them score, too. Like the San Jose State game when they just drove down that last, you know, series and scored. What the heck? Like, let's go, defense. Have, have some pride. You know what I mean? Turn it up. If I were going to say any of the players look like, like we're struggling, it's the defensive side of the ball we're, like we're struggling on. And I would have never thought that was going to be the case coming into uh the season i thought we would look better on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball honestly especially with a couple senior leaders with the game and harris and they have played well but where you haven't just been consistent every drive we show flashes of it um but we're still missing tackles missing assignments mm-hmm. um you know uh, just you get some good play from a from a bumper pull quite a bit there's and, and he, they'll have plays but then that uh play Half Henry misses a tackle Davis uh, for AM to score. Um, you know, defensive line, I don't think we've gotten enough pressure. There's times where they show, even the, you know, there's some young guys that come on, but not consistently enough to build where we're, we're forcing opponents to three and outs more often mm-hmm. and relying on. Um, I like having the turnovers, but I'd like to keep the game scores about 20. You know, we, we stop, you know, really stop the run. Pretty, uh, pretty well. Only allowed about eighty-nine yards, you know, on thirty-three carries, real under a hundred. Um, but then they also pass. I mean, when you're allowing more good. scores, uh, when you're allowing a touchdown, more than a touchdown every quarter, right? That's a tough ask for the yeah. offense. Like we need you to go out there and like at least score two one quarter and then you know what i mean like, and a lot a of these ask, right and a lot of these times the the clock is just ticking you're watching this and you're not getting that many possession i mean you know we only punted three times in that game against AM. so it's not like we're just man we're going three and out ourselves mm-hmm. um, but so that time's just ticking and m's taking they're running the ball too so these there's not a whole lot of to, so to ask me yeah, out to, to or to yourself as a defense give up at least one a quarter that's I, not gonna yeah, I guess that's one games. of my things is like, and, you know, tell me if you think I'm off track here, but for a hurry-up offense, I don't feel like we're getting a lot of touches. We're not getting a whole lot more touches than a traditional offense gets, in my opinion. Uh, time of possession, like, for the last game, is, is 27 minutes, right? Uh, uh-huh. Like, you're running these high-profile, fast offenses, generally you get more chances to score because you have the ball more often. Um, so what do you think What do you think the deal with that is? Yeah, it just hadn't seemed like a full hurry-up offense yet yeah. to me. Still, still seems like we take, take our time quite a bit. Um, I feel like Starkle had it going in the right direction. Yeah, Hicks definitely will. He's not a <laughs> – he hasn't shown much of a hurry-up offense. And with the – you know, you've seen freshman guys like – Burks had an incredible game, but you see him uh, have a couple penalties. He's had a couple legal, uh, you know, uh, motion or lining up, you know, too many men or, or legal formation uh, penalties that's hurt us. But but he's had enough big plays where – but he's just a freshman. Yeah. So. So, like, in the first uh, first quarter, we had three drives of their three drives, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, just, I'm just taking a look here. And then uh, 
when we, we go to the next quarter and we got uh, what one drive to their three drive four drives what was up with that <laughs> alright so we got yeah so let's Oh yeah, so they get four drives, we get you know two drives. So two drives out of that. So anyway, but still, you get my point. You see what I'm saying here? We're not getting the the ball an extended amount of time, and that's the whole point of the the hurry up offense. Is that yeah, two possessions in that third quarter. My goodness, how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, that's not enough, and then we don't. Let's see. Or was that the was that the third? No, it was the second quarter. Sorry. Then you go into the. Then you go. Into oh, that's the my third my here. apologies. Yeah, I mean we get, I guess a field goal in that quarter, but wow. Yeah, and then you go into the third quarter, which, uh, which you get. Let's see, one, two, three drives to their one, two, three, four drives. So three to their four again. You know, and they're definitely not running a hurry up at Texas A&M, really. You know, in my opinion. It's no, not tra- not much under. Yeah, he's he's uh, Jimbo's. Yeah. Always more of a traditional offense. Pretty traditional there. Uh, and then you go into the fourth quarter. You got. Da 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 da. They got one, two, three. And we get. Two, two to their three. So, I don't know. If we're running a hurry up, we're just definitely not getting the, we're not getting the touches we should be getting. I mean, that's the whole point of the hurry up and Malzahn's offense and that Malzahn philosophy is that you have the ball more than your opponent and you have more opportunities to, to score. Uh, even though you're giving the ball up quickly, you're having more opportunities to get down the field. You get more drives, right? Like that's yeah. the whole, that's the whole point of it. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta have a solid defense too. That's what Mal's on when he's had his best teams at Auburn look good this year. They've got a really good defense. Mm-hmm. You know, to at least at least have some more three and outs to get that ball right back to the offense. I mean, some of these. I mean, if we have more possessions. Uh, quick turnarounds like that, getting the ball right back. I think maybe some of these stalled drives still have momentum and we come back the next play or go back the next drive and punch it, you know, punch it in for a touchdown. Exactly. At the defense, but we're, we, we're going to need help from the defense to give us more defensive stops. Exactly. Not these sustained long drives that A&M uh, kept hitting us with. Exactly. No, you're 100% right. And this point last year, I'm going to be honest with you, this point last year, we're going to play what was it? Was it was it this point? Maybe it was a little lighter, but it was the equivalent of this. We were going to play Vanderbilt. Remember that? And mm-hmm. uh, it was like, oh, we're going to beat Vanderbilt. You know, that's what I was saying. I ain't going to tell you that we're going to beat Kentucky. Even though the Kentucky's just all beat the heck and we should beat them and their team is like basically a, a, a third string team right now because of the injuries and stuff they've had on offense, I don't know that we can go out there and beat Kentucky. I'll be honest. And I think it might be another one of these Vanderbilt situations where we should have went out there and won that game, and we didn't. Um, you know, we're 2-3 we're and three right now. We are, uh, you know, below 500. There's a possibility that we might not... We might not win another game this year. And, you know, 
I, I would have never thought I was saying that at the beginning of the year. But if it happens, I think it's all going to come down to coaching. Honestly, I think it's all going to come down to coaching. I don't think it's coming down to we don't have the talent to to win more games than that. I think it's going to come down to coaching. You know, we said, like, oh, we're going to get eight wins at the beginning of the year. I think it was possible. Looking at our schedule, I still think it was possible. I still, I still think if we would have, you know, beat Portland State, beat Ole Miss, beat Colorado State, beat San Jose State, and then went into Texas A&M undefeated, I think we would have beat them. Right, especially especially the way A and M was two and two, and they were kind of reeling from that. You know, they put a lot into that Auburn Auburn exactly. game the week before. You know, they're having to come play us with momentum and confidence. That's what that was the scenario when we were picking eight wins. You had to you had it to be four zero. You had to take care of those th- four games, and it shouldn't have been that hard. We should have been four zero. And then you are exactly really correct, Chad. I was wanting that moment we were talking about it. How badass would it be? Be four zero, beat A and M, be five and zero. And then going you go into, into a beat-up Kentucky. You're right. A beat-up yeah. Kentucky. You go to Kentucky. Look, they're beat to hell. And you beat them, too, because they're beat up. Then taking the Auburn loss, the Alabama loss, that doesn't feel as bad. And you feel like you uh-uh. got a chance going into Mississippi State. Another team that's not top of the freaking, you know, top of the freaking uh, echelon right now. Right? Another team that's right. like the average SEC team that we should be able to, if we could beat, a&M, you should be able to beat Mississippi State, period. Um, so, for us to, to say, hey, we could have that many wins, I, I still think that it was doable, and I think that the ball was dropped with this uh, with this coaching staff. I mean, honestly, I think they dropped the ball this year. I think I, I, you're just not going to convince me otherwise. Look, I'm going to be super pumped if we beat we go to Lexington and beat them off a of bye week. Oh, we need yeah, to. they've got the third. They've got their third team quarterback and some other, a lot of other backups playing. Uh, they lost, uh, well, uh, obviously they're starting quarterback Wilson, but they lost Josh Allen to the draft last year. Lost some other guys. They weren't going to be yeah, as good a ten win season. Yeah, oh, and they lost uh, Benny Snell. Um, mm-hmm. So they weren't going to be a ten win season, ten win team again. So for Kentucky football, it's more of Kentucky football this year. We got to go there and win. It's 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 something we got to. Where how do they feel? Uh, you know what I mean? How does Kentucky feel? Uh, are they excited for this program? You know, it's it's one kind of been established under Stoops. We got a kind of different thing. We got a chance. Got to know we got a chance to win. We've seen them. Hopefully they wouldn't with not winning an SEC game in the last couple of years. Hopefully they would overlook Kentucky or not take them seriously. You know, surely that's not going to happen. But we saw them overlook, you know, San Jose State. So surely. I don't think that they're going to overlook the Kentucky. Now. I don't think that sure. they're going to not take them seriously. But – you're going to a Kentucky house, right? You got a Kentucky team that's progressively gotten better. They feel like they can win. They feel like Arkansas is going to be the inferior team coming in. You know, we might, we might be, right? We might be. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I'm. I just, I agree with Matt. I guess I just agree with what he said. Like, it's not the players. It's not a lack of talent. Look, and last week, too, to me, during the game, when we had the for a little bit and it was swinging back and forth, I, I wasn't 100% sure we were going to win. They haven't we haven't been proved that they can finish off a game. I was really hoping and I was excited, but you just kind of felt like something was good, especially in this series against A&M in the last 
uh, eight years, and especially the last five or six games. You know what I mean? And you know Co- something's going to be weird, and it's man, I was yeah. we, I was ready to be pumped up about a win. I agree, and until Coach Morris can prove to me that he can win a game, I just can't have faith in him at this point. That he, especially an SEC game, I just cannot have faith he's going to win an SEC game at this point because he hasn't proven it to me. And at this point, it's his it, the ball's in his court. He needs to prove it to me. Right. Yeah, this and is a huge game. This is a huge game for the program against Kentucky. The biggest thing he could do is go beat Kentucky. That would yeah, prove to me that absolutely. you can beat a bad team in the SEC. Not a good team, but a bad team in the SEC. That would prove that to me. And that would be helpful. Then you need to beat Mississippi State. That way I know like you can beat an average SEC team. And if you can yeah. do those two things, you can save face in my my opinion i here's i still think you know i'm still like i don't know i'm still you know on the fence about coach morris but if he wins those two games i feel much better about you know going and getting that because we should get the western kentucky win right Mm -hmm. i feel much better getting that western kentucky win and then you know even if we don't get upset when we go in for the boot in the stupid battle line rivalry, which isn't real, that they just made up. <laughs> Even if we go in for that um, and we don't win one of those, that's okay. I think I could deal with that because I think, you know, that five wins would show me, you know, we can, you know, we can do something. But if we could pull out a, you know, if we could get five wins there and then rally to pull out an LSU win or a, a mm-hmm. Missouri win, you know what I mean? A little rock Missouri game. Everybody's pumped up. It's a, 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 a ball game is on the line, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, if we win five games, you know, we're going to go to a bowl game. And I guess that's something else we, we should address on the podcast is uh, going to a bowl game if we win five games. But, uh, you know, okay, great. Uh, first thing I saw, somebody's like, oh, we'll turn down the ball game if we win five games. That don't make any sense. We would never do that. The extra practice would be wonderful this team. You cannot turn it down. Um, I don't know if our grades are good enough to get get a uh, bowl game with five wins. But with Missouri not eligible for a bowl game, it is possible that uh, we could get a five-win uh, five bowl game this year. And it's still in the cards to do that if we can get this Kentucky win. Yeah, if you don't win at Kentucky, it's going to be tough to get a lot more, but I think we can go to Kentucky and win. That's got to be this got to be shown we can. Um, but I think right now I th- we have the talent to do this. Um, I think we have the talent. What if we, you know, we win at Kentucky? Hey, Auburn at home. Not saying really per se thinking we'll win this game, but uh, win that game. But if we play tough against them, put us in a chance to win. You know, that'll still be like, well, we did beat just beat Kentucky. I feel pretty good and at Alabama. I'm not, you know expecting that but uh but uh if he beats kentucky and beats at alabama then uh you know we'll definitely go to a bowl game if we beat bama but probably not gonna happen um i like the miss beat mississippi state at home reward the fans that's been there and put through this reward them with a mississippi state at home victory in fayetteville or reward them again with a western kentucky victory um with with two games to go for uh for six wins and then going down to baton rouge with some confidence and then finishing off the season and and again, reward those Little Rock fans with a big win over Missouri with a chance for five games, like you said. Um, getting that that exemption, you bring up a really good point about Missouri having a bowl ban. So we'd probably take that, you know, take their spot in the uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, Independence Bowl or Music City or Liberty or uh, one of those, you know. So it's not yeah. out of the realm of possibility, even standing where we are now. They just got to build on that win. Or, <laughs> you got you to win this Kentucky Build on that moral game. victory. Yeah. Yeah, you got to win, though. Gotta yeah, win I don't want to hear anything about moral victory. I'm tired of <laughs> it. Did, sick no, and tired you, of it, man. Sick and tired of it. I don't Club care. moral victory is was open Saturday yeah. for a lot of folks, man. Not necessarily um, that I know personally, but the club well, moral victory was open for a lot of folks, including the AD and a couple well, of fans calling club other MV. fans toxic. <laughs> <laughs> club MV? Uh, you know what? Club, club MV can kiss it. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I did, yeah, the AD threw a tweet out there, which was ridiculous, talking about I'm proud of the guys and how they played and this, that, and other. And who's not proud of the team and how they played? Like, <laughs> who's not proud of the players and how they played? Like, everybody's proud of the players and how they played. That's not the problem. The problem is the coaches. <laughs> it's not the players and how the players played. I know a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, there's a subset of fans that are like, no, you know, never blame the players, blah, blah, blah. But if the players don't play, you know, I'll blame them, right? But in this situation, it, it was just plain, we got out coached. Same thing with San Jose State. And even the coaches told you they got out coached. You know, Old Miss, yep. same thing. Got out coached. Definitely shouldn't be getting out coached by Old Miss, you know. Good Lord. I don't even, I'm not even going to go into the drunk uncle coach. <laughs> oh, gosh. Looking back at the old scores and seeing that we lost it, that in the feeling of that game, I, we got to win some games. So I don't have to. So one day, go to a bowl game and the program gets better, and I can go back and listen to that Ole Miss post post uh, podcast we did and be like, whew, we've came a long way from here. Yeah, exactly. And the Kentucky game is, 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 a, is a perfect place to, to get that first win. Even if you take a couple losses and go get that Mississippi State win, you know, um, get the Western Kentucky win, you know, now we're. Now we're talking. Now we're in a situation where we got we got five wins, and we're not we're not a total dumpster fire of a program. Uh, definitely not where we should be. What we are we are you know doing enough that you can see an improvement, a market improvement. And I, I don't mean an improvement from the players and how the players play, but I mean an improvement from the coaches and how they're calling plays and what they're doing. I want to see an improvement from them period and you know i didn't say i don't think we saw it in a&m i think there was plenty of coaching opportunities for them to win that game and and i think they let us down again yeah and if we beat west only beat west kentucky and don't win an sec game please don't chalk it up to the, the big progress this year for one win you know uh hunter but I, of course hunter is the guy that tweeted out a picture of a sunrise that day after the uh, Fifty to three lost to North Texas last year. So, <laughs> no, you can't make this stuff up. I wish we could. <laughs> I'd be it'd be good if we were just like was a prodigy, like a prodigy. The TV show about this was like you know the opposite of what it is. This is a show based on you know get the, the get the guys who wrote the officer, uh, Parks and Rec, the, the mockumentary type of a podcast about the Razorback sports and you have like the, the crazy AD and crazy coach. It would just be like this. You would think this, this is. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, it's okay. It's okay to lose all these games. It's cool. I should pitch that to I don't uh, have a, I don't have a goal TV or, or anything. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just here. You know, 
Got some goals for the basketball team, but not the yeah football, eh, secondary sport. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's, I guess it's acceptable to always come after that. It's like, yeah, we know the players played hard, all right, yeah. Just so right. like, like he's got to say that or something. Well, I guess we should uh, go ahead and take a little break and uh, play this uh, uh, advertisement, and then we will get right back to you, and we will get into the game stats. Back to the Hog Call Podcast. Welcome back. To the Arkansas Razorback Purgatory. We are <laughs> breaking down another year with only two wins. We really don't know if this is real, but it feels like it. It does. It's feel like, like we're back to last year, but a little bit. Wouldn't feel like it if you're really in purgatory? Like, wouldn't you? Like, it wouldn't be purgatory if it didn't feel real, right? Like, yeah, no, it's not like it's not like Groundhog Day where you, we're. Bill Murray kept going living the same day. We're not living the same season, but we're, I mean, you know, the same exact game. It's the same two and ten seasons. I think it happened to us when we had the the Jeep on, you know, we were driving it down the White River and all that, man. I think that's when it – was it the White River? Yeah. Yeah. Ran into the pond. We just – I guess we drowned in that Jeep and everything since then has been – We've been because the that was right program before, has really gone downhill since then. It's really fallen. That was after the that was a couple of days after the Cotton Bowl win against Kansas State, the blowout win. It Katrina's was last game. It was it a couple was. days after. So prove us wrong, man. Prove to me what this is real. This is real life sitting purgatory. <laughs> but if it is purgatory, guys, good news just for everybody out there listening. If it is purgatory, well, at least we got a chance. You know, at least we're not, you know, we're not on the hot seat yet. <laughs> not yet, no. There's a chance. We'll find out next Saturday. Man, it's <laughs> man. it would have been a lot better to go to the bye week with a win. Golly, man. It really would could, have. That wouldn't be purgatory-ish. No, not at all. All righty. Well, I guess uh, we promised you guys we can get back into the game, and we're going to really... <laughs> Get in the stats for you. I know everybody's excited about this, and you, and you've been wanting to hear it. And uh, we will uh, we'll do the best we can, and uh, hopefully it'll be good enough. Yeah, I like it. Let's try our best. <laughs> All right. So it was a score of uh, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Arkansas coming out on the losing end of that. Um, they had. 24 first downs and we had 26 first downs which is you know strange uh <laughs> <laughs> uh you know uh the rushing yards uh their their net rushing yards was uh 89 and ours was uh 98 which is strange again we had we would top them and lose and then uh passing yards uh they had 251 and we had 297 passing yards wow she goes right back into the strange category one more time. And it's just, you know, I don't know. It's really weird. The difference uh, between, uh, let's see, they're, they're passing. Yeah, we, their difference was Mond had three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> that was, and we only had one passing touchdown. I was like, that was the difference. That's the difference. Uh, yeah, total offensive plays, uh, 340 yards for them, 395 yards for us. So definitely should have won the game. Uh, but we're moving the ball. We just can't score. Yeah, we're still stuck in that. I guess the stuck good news. Almost 400 that, yards, though, man. That massive offensive line did not take advantage of our defense like we predicted they were going to. And, you know, no. foot-in-the-mouth disease right there on that one. Uh, I definitely thought that we were going to have a really tough time with that huge, huge, huge offensive line they had. And we really didn't. And maybe it's because they are that huge. Yeah, they were forced to. We were shutting them down to uh, to really small gains, mm-hmm. and they were forced to having to run or having to pass a bunch. You know, we do we do we doubled them up on sacks. We sacked them four times to them only sacking us twice. So um, our offense line didn't play too weren't too shabby that game. They were pretty good, and A and M's. I mean, uh, we were pushing those big old boys back. Our punts didn't do very well. We had three punts, averaged thirty eight yards. So. Did not uh, did not punt the well, ball halfway. We didn't, win the, punt. Like we we didn't win the punt battle, did we? No. So, their punter's pretty good, though. Yeah, and we did not. And everybody says, you know, uh, rest, rest, rest. We, uh, we, you know, we totally got screwed by the rest. We did not win the uh, the, the penalty uh, battle either because they uh, they had fifty five yards and we had forty eight. So even though they only had six penalties, we actually got. Uh, you know, we, 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 we had less yardage uh, that uh, that we had to make up because of eight ours. plays of eight eight time penalized. Wow, we've got to yeah, and like clean that up. Okay, so we we throw in Hicks. I guess this is time to talk about this, right? So Hicks is supposed to uh, you know be the uh, the the offensive guru, the coach on the field, supposed to not uh, make uh, mistakes as far as lining up and all that. Didn't he make three mistakes with players lining up? Yeah, when he came in there, some one critical one down at the end. Yeah. I'm in the last one. Uh, but there was like three altogether. Like, that is way too yeah. many for the guy that's supposed to be never... the, uh, the smarter... The coach on the field, the the this is why we chose him as our starter, you know, and he, yeah, he doesn't senior, have yeah. that control. Like, okay, was that true even when they said that? So I don't know. It makes you question the coach one more time. Yeah, <laughs> again, again. Uh, but yeah, that's something also you don't see watching a lot of other football games as much. You know, not a lot of teams. I mean, not not well coached teams have. Have those illegal formation penalties called many times during the game. Yeah. Especially not with a senior quarterback. So you're thinking right now, I know you're thinking, oh, it's third down conversions. That's what all the fans are thinking, right? So they had five of 10, and we had five of 13. I, like, again, really equally matched, right? Uh, fourth down conversions, we were one of two. We actually got more fourth downs. Uh, they didn't go for any fourth downs, but we were one of two, 50%. So. You know, here's the difference right here. You want to know the difference. They uh-huh. were three for four in the red zone. We were two for four in the red zone. Oof, that's the man. difference. Lost by four. That's the difference between six or seven or well, another uh, field goal. You can't be 50%. One more field goal on 50, one of those. You can't be 50% in the red zone. That's horrible. Yeah, that's terrible. You get in the red zone, you got to make something happen. 
Yeah, that's demoralizing to do that or worse. Yeah, A&M even, I mean, you know, you want to go perfect or have a pretty high clip, even three out of four, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Fantastic. But, yeah, and then we shouldn't give up you know, 50% of the third versions, you know, down to a third or so. Um, but you're right, that's the difference in the game, that two for four while they were uh, three out of four in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a horrible situation. <laughs> it is. It's a terrible situation. So, I mean, I wish I had a better way to explain it, a better, like, terminology for it, but it's just a horrible situation. Like, we we got the numbers. The numbers say we won this game, but no, we didn't. Great moral victory. Uh, we got out coached, and that's the only way that you lose a game like this is coaching. Yeah, and you want to start where we're not saying that anymore. I'm tired of saying it. I don't want to say it. Right? I would rather be like, all right, we got our guy. This is who we need. I'm tired of saying that we got out, Coach. But we did. All right, so Rakeem Boyd, uh, let's see, 91 yards. Great job. Sorry they didn't feed you the ball more. 18 carries. Uh, Devon Whaley, 15 yards. Three carries. Um, You know, should have fed him the ball more. I, you know, Ben Hicks, three yards, 17 carries. I guess I should say we should have fed him the ball more, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, Ben Hicks did, after that illegal uh, formation penalty um, on that last drive, uh, Ben Hicks got to give it up to him, man. He did have that on that fourth and – it was fourth and 20-something, and he got it down to fourth and five or fourth and two mm-hmm. for that last play of the game uh, or for our offense. He did run it down there and almost get it. I wish kind of – he would have sacrificed us. That's terrible to say, but maybe would have tried to get that first down. You know, he was just a couple yards short. But and I, here's <laughs> that's different. I don't have those big guys, big old boys chasing me either. So exactly. And here's something that's interesting. You remember we had uh, uh, was it uh, 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 JD that said, uh, "Oh, you know, why did the O line block better for Starkle than Hicks?" And we said, "Well, he's throwing the ball better. He's getting it out quicker." And again, you saw that again this game. Yeah, uh, you saw Starkle throwing the ball faster, getting it out of his hands faster, and uh, looked like the O line blocked better for him. You see Ben Hicks come in and then take two sacks, right? So it looks like, you know, Starkle is is getting better protection, but he's not. He's just getting rid of the ball quicker. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, so he had uh, he was he was twelve seventeen with one interception. Starkle 12, 12 17 with one interception. Not horrible. Uh, One hundred nine yards. Uh, zero touchdowns, which is pretty bad because he, he had the opportunity. Uh, his longest pass was 27 yards and uh, zero sacks. Now, I heard a lot of people say, oh, well, Hicks, you know, came in. He looked all right. Problem with Hicks is that he couldn't throw the ball past, you know, 20 yards, and, and we didn't see it this game except for the 31-yard pass that he threw down the field that, uh, you know, worked out really well. I think Woods caught that. Um, he was – Ben Hicks was 15 – for 27, 188 yards, one touchdown, and two sacks. You ask me, and you got to start thinking as a coach, maybe Hicks would be a good guy to bring in there, right? But I right. understand that Coach Morris has been, you know, on the hot seat with switching the quarterbacks in and out. But and sure, I mean, Hicks had a whole lot better of a game than Starkle did. And it looked to me like he was zooming the ball around the field a whole lot better 
Uh, but both of them stare down their receivers. I mean, we got to get a legitimate quarterback coach, I feel like, to get in there and help these players because they are definitely staring down their, their, their throws. That's why yeah, there are so were. many batted down passes by Hicks, by the way. You yeah. want to know what causes a bunch of batted down passes? The offensive line looking at the quarterback's eyes, knowing where he's going to throw, telegraphing, and then they just jump up and slap the ball down. Oh, yeah. And Hicks, had, he had a, uh, quite a bit of that. When they, like you said, both stare on the receivers, but Hick would make a couple um, nice back shoulder throws. Um, that were one was right on the money in the last play, and then one was for that touchdown. Really perfect throws, but yeah, he, he was he was moving the offense and you know scoring a little bit. Um, Starkle really didn't play bad until you know, and that's going to go back to coaching. But we have second and goal from the NM three. You know, he's trying um, the screen pass or whatever they're playing, intercepted by uh, that uh, Matabuki mm-hmm. for AM. He, he's a senior. He said he's never had an interception in his life, football career, <laughs> not just college yeah, career. Boy. First interception ever in his life. How do we and get then, so lucky as Razorback fans? And then Aristarco got hurt, so we never found out if he could have kept, you know, because he was moving the ball. But you got to yeah. give it up to Hicks for. I- I do think it opens the competition back up a little yeah, bit. Sure. I do think if Starkle's struggling, like against Kentucky or something, you got to think, man, maybe we'll throw Hicks in, right? Yeah, if, you if he can't ain't get scoring the first score, couple possessions, then if you ain't scoring a touchdown the first couple possessions against Kentucky, yank him out of there and put Hicks in. If you drive down to the 20 and throw an interception, get him out and throw Hicks in, right? Yeah, and also don't call that play at the you know, yeah, stop it. Run the goal. ball. Run the ball. <laughs> we got great running back. Run the ball. Yeah. I mean we could have got we could have got a couple yards. Man, old smoke missed. I mean, I know we scored the very next play when Richardson, you know, uh, forces that fumble against Spiller for A and M and Harris tries for a touchdown, but still, you know, it's just part of it. Hats off to both the quarterbacks for for spreading the ball around, though. We've got to give them that. Uh, you got C.J. O'Grady with 91 yards, uh, receiving yards. Mike Woods, 62 receiving yards. Uh, Traylon Burks with uh, 58 receiving yards. And then, uh, you know, Devon Whaley out of the backfield with 21 uh, receiving yards. And then uh, Mike Woods, the only, the only receiver to, to make a touchdown. You know, you got to start thinking – when you start seeing that, like, okay, maybe we need to stop throwing the ball so much when we're inside the 10-yard line. Maybe whenever the field starts narrow on us, we seem to throw a lot of picks. Let's be honest. So maybe we stop throwing the ball a lot when we get in that narrow field. Um, it's hard. It is hard to play quarterback, and it is hard to throw the ball when you narrow the field like that. It just it just becomes harder and harder because everything is more condensed. Yeah, I agree with you. It does seem like we've thrown a good bit of interceptions at uh, crucial times inside the red zone this year on a narrower field. Um, you did have some – I do like how they were spreading around, though, um, before, the, you know, with Burks having some big four catches, 58 yards. I mean, that that uh, team-long 31-yard catch quarter was huge. It's his second straight game with four catches. Um and I get well. I guess that thirty-one yard catch from him mm-hmm. was catch of the season. So, um, a couple guys had bright spots there, along with O'Grady. He looked at his head, his career highs in receiving air receptions and ninety-one or and and receiving yard 
receptions and yards with eight receptions that week. Yeah. And then uh, our punting, uh, 38.7 average, uh, 116 yards total with a 45-yard long. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I feel like our punting could be a little bit better this game. It didn't feel like it was on, on point like it had been the last couple of games. So, Yeah, I didn't see a hear no see or read another quote uh, from Moore saying, the, what was it against San Jose State? Well, the punt game decent. was halfway decent. I didn't halfway see decent. It wasn't even halfway decent. <laughs> uh, we definitely lost the punting battle. Luckily, we only had to do it a couple of times, but still, we need to. Yeah. I thought I was expecting a little bit more from Loy. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So uh, it's tough when they're averaging 198 yards and you're averaging 116. I mean, they're pinning you. You know, they got you in the 23 times. We got them in the 20 zero times. We're making it easy on their offense to go down and score in those situations. So, Lloyd, you got to pick it up a little bit for us in the next game. Yeah, when you're built for its offense, I mean, that's a chance. You know you love it when your team about to go on offense. You see a punt, it's like, oh, man, we got the ball at the – our 40 or our the 50 yard line it's just like you don't have very far to go mm-hmm. uh, especially in the sec with really good kickers you know all over the place that can make a long field goal um you're already starting them out so we got to get it farther back more inside the 20 exactly and then trailing burks tried to run it back once or twice uh once he got 35 yards and then uh he got three yards in the other one so you know come on man if they're if they're if you, if you can't make it more than three yards, just go ahead and throw that fair catch sign up in there. <laughs> yeah, that thirty-five yarder though was nice. That was a that nice was. highlight of, of the game. But he's got some potential. I, I like that he is aggressive. He's one of first punt returner. I think he's going to break one loose this year. I can't yeah, wait. Might be against yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, that that'd be big time. That'd be big time. That's a I mean that's a that's a momentum game changer there a big punt return he's shown capabilities of it he's still a freshman but he's the first punt return we've had since joe adams that actually got more than you know more than fair caught it or got more than five yards at least so but he's got to score some touchdowns and he'll get there this this is this is crazy all right here i'm just taking a look at you know our our top uh defensive players you know we got cameron carroll dejon harris gabe richardson right top defensive players Mm -hmm. of the game none of them not one sack yeah, that's tough. Um, that's Cameron Curl's twelve tackles. Dejon Harris six tackles. Gabriel some five tackles. Joe Fouché comes in with six tackles. Of course, we're not expecting him to, you know, get a bunch of sacks, right? And you got Dejon Harris one tackle for a loss, and Gabriel some one tackle for a loss. Come on, man. You know, let's get some let's, let's get some pressure. You know, on the quarterback back there. Let's 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 make some stuff happen. One one QB hurry. Yeah, let's bring the linebackers. Cool. You know, let's let's go ahead and, and bring them in, and, and uh, you know, I don't know. I just and that one was front more. bumper pull. That one QB hurry. So um, I needed to use the linebackers more that way. Yeah, yeah. Bumper pull seemed to have a good game this game, though. You know, um, he had uh, what half tackle for a loss. It's always wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it just seemed like I don't know. It just felt like you you heard him, you heard his name out there. You saw him a lot more than the stats are 
are uh, supporting, but you know, yeah, especially he was up in a lot of in a lot of uh, uh, kind of gang tackles mm-hmm. um, on on that running game since we held that pretty good. He was in on a lot of you know group tackles and may not have got, but you know he's there. You see him outside of that pile, so. Okay, Brown got the interception, 12 yards. He ran that back for so uh, hats off there. That's always awesome when you when you get an interception, especially yeah, in the SEC. Shoot, yeah, he's a, a freshman. That was his first of his career, so that was nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, just trying to go through here, man. I mean, the defensive stats just don't look that hot, honestly. Like, well, I would love to see these pick up a little bit uh a game got uh, one sack one tackle for a loss uh so he had uh what two two solos one assist three tackles total i mean goodness gracious cameron carroll's tearing it up though with 12 tackles Dijon Harris, yeah. six tackles joe fouche six tackles gabe richardson five mcclellan five Brown four, bumper pull four, uh, and then you know, then you, you got Sully with three tackles, Brooks with three, uh, Clay with three, Again with three, uh, Bell with two, Mason with two, uh, Smith with two, uh, Nichols with two, uh, Henry one. So and then Starkle, of course, got himself <laughs> rocked. Yeah. the tackle. I did like his little tweet or whatever it was where they said, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but I guess he was texting or tweeting or something with somebody, right? He was talking to somebody uh-huh. online and they were like, hey, uh, you know, what 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 happened there, blah, blah, blah. And somebody said, why did you try to make that tackle? And he said, mama didn't raise no bitch. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. I didn't see that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, hats off to you. It's football. It's what you're supposed to do. It's better than them running it back for a touchdown. I'm glad he got in there and got got him a little bit. He got him some. You know, good job, Starkle. That's what I say. I say you give him the starting job back just because he got over there and rocked that guy. He still stopped the play from He didn't return it. They would have returned it. They would have been up 23. We got that uh, scoop and score for the touchdown. So that was a big tackle. It was a huge tackle. Maybe. I mean, it's an offense trying to tackle, so it's not guaranteed somebody's going to tackle them right afterwards. You know yeah. what I mean? So, Way to get your body get in the stat book on defense. You got McClure, Morgan, and Johnson with a hack, so or a, ta- a, a tackle. It, so. Yeah. It was nice, you know, both Jamario Bell's tackles. One was for a sack. Or, or, uh, he had uh, two sacks for 11 yards. So, yeah. I mean. For minus eleven, so both his tackles were both his tackles were in the backfield. That is amazing. <laughs> that that is awesome. And TJ Smith had a couple, uh, or he had a sack and then a forced fumble. So wasn't bad from him either. But we just gotta get we just gotta get more of it. Uh, we like to see those and you know credit exactly. them. But we you know we gotta get gotta get you know double that one quarterback hurry and then what yeah, three ridiculous. four sacks? Come on. I mean, four sacks. All right, I'll give it to you. That's better. Yeah. That's better than the single sack you had against San Jose State. That's yeah. doing a better job. Yeah. Getting the quarterback hurry. All right, you're doing better. You're doing better. But, you know, we got to start seeing, like, you know, Richardson and Harris. And, you know, we, we need to see bumper pull. We need to see some of these guys coming in there and and, uh, and, and making some stuff happen with some with some blitzes and stuff, you know? 
Yeah, I can't believe the other two besides Poole and Harris, the other two linebackers, Henry and Morgan, combined for two tackle or they had one tackle each. Where are those guys getting? I mean, Grant Morgan had half a ta- or half a tackle for loss. Mm. Uh, so we got in there one time. We need more of that. Where's that from those linebackers? Quarterback carries from Henry and Morgan too. Well, you remember what we were saying too. We was talking about another team, and we were like, "Oh, you know, and their safeties making the most tackles. There's an issue. Yeah. You got to be worried about that." Yeah. And here we are. And here we are looking at the exact same thing. Nope. We were for anybody. We was laughing Carver. about San Jose State safeties having all those tackles. <laughs> this is um, not funny now, is it? I think the more you say that, more my fit's getting hot. Stepping down from the purgatory into something else. <laughs> Golly. But that's the numbers. <laughs> I mean, did, did I miss anything? Special teams do anything that was amazing or we should talk about? Or I'll say again, uh, you know, Limpert was solid 2-3. Um, that 51-yarder miss would have been huge to have later in the game, but... 50 yards, pretty good ways out there. I will say um, the the kickoffs. I mean, he's just been booting them oh, in yeah. the end zone. Got to give him that. Got to give him that. Long, long, six, long. six kickoffs, five touchbacks. And I think the other one was, you know, wasn't even. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, I mean, that's pretty good, five touchbacks. And well, that was something we didn't have last year, so it's nice to see that. And it's Lampert, too. I mean, he's doing it. He's kicking field goals and booting them back there. So, mm-hmm. um you know, a lot of with the fair catches in the kickoff game, there's not a lot of kickoff returns anyways, but there, how many of those A&M games, we, you know, we talked about five out of the last six by touchdown and overtime where we've blown leads. How many of those have had kick returns, multiple kickoff returns? Exactly. So I, I'd rather not get burnt on that because those are huge, huge. Exactly. So that's, one, that's the way to prevent is kick it out of the end zone. Exactly. Well, that's it. That's the stats on this game. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it's 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 crazy. Like I said, it's a game we should have won. The stats say we should have won this game. We didn't win the game. Can't blame it on the refs. We had plenty of times that we could have we could have scored either in the red zone or we could have called better plays to keep the drive alive in the red zone, and we didn't do it. And uh, you really need to start thinking about uh, the play calling and uh, what can we do differently as a coaching staff. I think I want to see something different. Uh, I want to see I want to see better play calling out there. I mean, you remember Brett Bellama, and we didn't like his play calling and how how yeah. horrible that was. Uh, I guess we didn't have the podcast back then, but yeah, <laughs> we, we we didn't at all, right? And we talked right. about it uh, several times. But now it's almost worse than that Brett Bellama era to a certain degree because. Even though his play calling didn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. And was horrible. It just seemed like some things went his way. It just seems like nothing goes this coaching staff's way. Exactly by this. I mean, there's still half the seven games left. And there's, there's still a chance. I mean, Bielema turned his last, his second year into that seven to six season, turned around and got that LSU and Ole Miss, you know, shutouts. But. We had a better defense then, um, but we got to see something. But it doesn't seem like it's going, you know, like you said, Morris's way. Um, so, but here's the thing: thought. here's the thing. Don't get your head don't 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 hang your heads too low. Don't get too upset. 
it is possible for us to turn this season around. It's possible for us to still go to a bowl game this year. And that's not like out of the realm of possibility at all. Like that is uh-huh. like very likely actually that we beat Kentucky. We drop our next two games. We beat uh, Western Kentucky and then we win against maybe Missouri or we get a five, a five win bowl game because Missouri is banned. That is totally possible it could definitely happen um but we got to we got to see it turn around right now it starts with kentucky a huge game i know we said huge game with old this is a big big game this is a must win now since you didn't you, you know you could have split old miss kentucky going into it for a bowl game but you have to win this game Gotta you have win to start it. winning these sec games we're done with this. You had a chance. We we didn't win it last week. It's, it's over. You know, no more. Close the doors and the club moral victory. I mean, yep. it's a new game. Hope hope this all week they're getting ready. Focus, whole focus. Beating Kentucky. Beating maybe Kentucky. it'll be good to be be a road get out get out of town. You know, or maybe or they're out of town in Dallas, I guess. But it's, it's kind of more of a neutral neutral mm-hmm. site. But maybe going on the road, they'll maybe this art razor maybe some Razorback underdog spirit will come out there. Um, with the crowd up, uh, drunk on, you know, bourbon, uh, just mean and nasty. We just come out there and beat them 42 to 3. Yeah, and I mean, you're playing Kentucky. So if you're telegraphing your passes and stuff a little bit, you're doing, you know, some of the things that we've been doing this year. It doesn't, it's, you know, it's Kentucky, right? It's not, it's not like you're playing Alabama or Auburn or, you know what I mean? Right. LSU or something like that. You're not playing one of these powerhouse programs who are like, you know, got these players that can sniff out those little things like that and just and just take advantage of you. Um, you. You don't have that situation. So you, you have the opportunity to go in to a team that is like at your level and pull out a SEC win. Um, if we do, I think it... it takes us from being the worst team in the sec just to being the worst team in the west right so that's right. good that's an improvement that's <laughs> an improvement um uh, but yeah we're, we still have a chance to go to a bowl game and i just want everybody to be cognizant of that and, and don't stop watching don't 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 be like oh we can't oh, watch no. right we hey, don't no. we don't agree with what the coaches are doing we don't think this is going right we, we don't win any games this that and other that's easy Anybody can do that. Don't be that fan. Be the guy that comes up, watches it every single week. Just like us. You know, that's how we do it. That's what a real fan does. The Owen, Morris could be Owen, um, <laughs> you know, Owen 15 or Owen 16 um, through his career here, and I'd still watch the next game. We could be have a 50-game loser, still going to watch Razorback football, think we're going to win that, next, that a damn streak. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Like, yeah, I'm going to be mad. I mean, I'm still mad several days after it, but, you know, it's nothing like that first after the game or Sunday. I'm just, like, I'm excited about this Kentucky game. I wish we played them this Saturday, not next weekend. You know what I mean? I'm excited for the next game. And just because there's been coaching mistakes doesn't mean, I mean, there's some things kind of like that. I'd, I don't know if you'd, what you'd rather have, lesser talent or, with better coaching or vice versa, but right now at least we have some talent to win some games this year and mm-hmm. still have a chance at a bowl game. It's just coaching that can be corrected. It's coaching that can be corrected. It's coaching that can definitely be fixed. And 
you know, honestly, I think it's better coaching than we had in the in the Brett Bellamy era. I don't think he, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he would have done with this talent, right? But I think that obviously that it, it, I think I don't know. I, a lot of times I watch Coach Morris and I watch his games and I think, yeah, that's what I would run. That's the play I would run. That's a good play. He's doing a good job there. And then I'll be like, why did he call that timeout? Like, we had momentum. Things were going well. We might need that later on in the game. Why'd you call that, you know? And it turns out to, to bite us. Or why are we, you know, down here in a in a freaking spread package in the red zone, right? Like, right. just things like that. Like, so, I think, and, and I guess in between the 20s, I like his play calling. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. In between the 20s, I think his play calling's excellent, right? It's right. when we get in the red zone. That's when I have issues. Looking like when you start winning, um, right now, you know, when he talked, this press conference and things are just the same old kind of coach speak, driven. You can't really, really believe anything, you know, just a salesman. But man, if we start winning, he'll fire me up. It's the kind of guy and watching him in some games in the, in the game so far. I still believe he can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's no, just, I uh, totally agree. I totally agree. I think he can do it. I think he can do it. I think he just has to like, take a deep hard look at, at who he is who his program is and like make some tough decisions maybe he don't want to make like maybe getting rid of crack or taking over the play calling or there might be some things he has to do that's not an easy coaching decision that he has to just make that decision and do it um, to for, for him for him you know but you know that being said and this the naysayer in me too. I mean, do we have a part-time coach, right? Like, who goes, you know, he, he's, he's heading off to uh, uh, see his family down in Dallas, uh, you know, prior to the games. I mean, what other coaches are doing that, right? Like, shouldn't he have been bought in enough to bring his son to the University of Arkansas and, you know, put him at, you know, Fayetteville High School or or whatever i mean yeah i can understand his son don't want to leave the high school he's at and that and other and i guess his wife don't want to leave their house down there whatever you know but i don't know my thing is it just seems like it, it could have been a little bit more buy-in as far as that kind of stuff goes and you gotta wonder is that taking a toll on on the coach and his decisions yeah i'm still wondering that man i'm still not over when he did it uh when we played at colorado state uh, and got him in a day late, and then he leaves the only other day besides game day. Leaves to go. Um, like, always down there. I mean, so how many, he's committed already. I mean, you can do without for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you said, move him up here. Why couldn't he just leave one more time? Or Sorry, son. I mean, you want to stay down there with your team? Fine, but especially since you're coming up here next year, I'll be around you every day. Yeah. You know, you'll be all right. That uh, You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm not, I don't want the guy to be a bad dad. I, I don't want that. But at the same time, we're paying you millions of dollars. I know I wouldn't be able to get away with that with my job. And I don't make millions of dollars, right? So <laughs> uh-huh. I can't leave like once a week and go, you know, somewhere else and whatnot. But I don't know. I guess I guess it's different. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Well, let's just pause for a. Uh, Another uh, advertisement break, and then we'll get right back into uh, some uh, winning Razorback sports. 
All right. Back to the Hog Call Podcast. All right. Well, undefeated hockey team, Tim. Undefeated. Haven't lost the game. And uh, we just went over to the one of our SEC uh, rivals, Vanderbilt, and we tore them up. 13 to 1, and then 6 to 3 in the series. And in between, we beat uh, Middle Tennessee ten to one, so we're just we're just tearing everybody up, and it seems like we're just getting our goalie is just getting better as the year progresses, and our scoring is 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 just getting bigger and bigger. Our, our the scores we're winning by it's ridiculous. Like you guys got to check these hockey games out. We're not winning these hockey games by a few points. It's not like your average hockey game where you're sitting there bored and you, you get three, four points and, you know, oh, that's a big win over the one-point team. And we're talking 13-point win, 10-point win, 7-point win, 6-point wins. I'm talking scoring two, three times a quarter. Like, fun, fun hockey. Oh, yeah. And also the fact that we haven't given up less than – or we haven't given up more than three goals and – and we haven't scored less than six goals. So we're, at minimum, beating people by three goals each game. That's a normal hockey, <laughs> like, most, you know, three nothing or, you know what I mean? No, we're like 6-3 at the, like, that's our that's our closest game. Yeah, that's uh, just not putting normal. It on them. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys are hockey fans out there, but uh, that's that's not normal in hockey. That That is a very good win. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're exciting to watch. This is going to be fun. Um, this is going to be a fun winter. I like that their season kind of, you know, they play for a little bit, take a little break, and keep playing in the uh, kind of wintertime as well into the spring. So this is going to be a fun season. They're undefeated. How cool is it to be rooting for an undefeated team that haven't lost yet? What if they go undefeated the whole season? I mean, we could win a national championship. So the uh, the starting lineup was uh... – was uh, Grant Deacon, uh, number 42. Then we had uh, Zach Riley, who went in, uh, number 19. Uh, Trevor McLean, 37. Grant Fletcher, number 4. And uh, Cameron McAtee <coughs> in, our, in our previous game. And then our uh, goalie was uh, number 41, Alex uh, Claims. So, yeah, it really, just really excellent uh, that they're able to get out there and do it. Again, <clears throat> the games are on uh, YouTube, so, you know, jump out there on YouTube and, and check those out. Um, and then they got the, the tweets going with the uh, the player profiles, which is really interesting. Like the, the last guy, they were saying uh, uh, with Chris Stovall, number eight from Grapevine, Texas, and his favorite thing to eat prior to the game, steak and potatoes with asparagus. <coughs> All I'm saying is steak, potatoes, that's good. I wouldn't find him over that. Sorry, Chad. I was disconnected for a second. Oh, that's good. Uh, huh. That's all good. I, I was taking a look there. I was like, what's going on? No, that's a... That's... That's my apologies. Yeah, that sounds like a great meal. <laughs> uh, I would not fight him over it. So yeah, except for the asparagus, you can have all the asparagus you want. Yeah, there's there's others I would choose besides that. But I mean, asparagus can be good, but that's not the first thing I'm picking. 
No, no, but if it's on the plate and it's nice and grilled or nice, you know, buttered up and things, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it wouldn't be my first choice, but second potatoes I dig. He needs that to keep his stove oils really good. I remember Matt talking, kind of breaking them down last year. And uh, he was breaking that, so that man, he was just, and even watching him last year, you hear that stove oil a lot. Yeah. I can't get, I can't wait to get Matt on and get uh, his uh, expert inside opinion on uh on the hockey team so that we should have that coming up soon so keep uh keep an eye on twitter we'll let you and, guys know as soon as that happens. and we'll keep we'll keep them we'll we'll remind them to uh maybe slow down on the f word so family friendly huh yeah yeah i think we'll probably that's hockey that's hockey for you though <laughs> goodness gracious you know <laughs> that that's hockey for you that's for hockey I think everybody's starting. Yeah, that's true. That That is definitely hockey. And I think all the Razorback fans are starting to get to that point, too, where it's like, you know, it's 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 bubbling up inside, you know. So, oh, yeah. Well, I guess our next game in hockey is going to be against Missouri State in Springdale, Arkansas. Uh, so if you guys have not uh, been up to Springdale, that's going to be on Friday and Saturday of next week. Uh, the 11th and the 12th. So go, go uh, to Springdale, support the team, and watch the game. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Got a couple home games. Uh, reward the team. Uh, after that, being 9-0. and Reward yeah. the team by showing up at home before they go back out on the road. for. Exactly. And then we're probably going to have one of our toughest games after that when we got to go play in Michigan. And you know they got a good hockey team up there. So... That's probably going to be one of our tougher tougher games. So, uh, yeah, get ready for that. Yeah, once you start playing teams that have played hockey and got more, you know, we get a lot of kids from around the states that play hockey. But once you go up north, it's a whole different animal on how serious they take, they take it up there. That's right. So... Just looking here. Still don't have an update on the uh, standings. So uh, just can't wait for that to come out. I think we're going to see a big jump in, in the standings. But they haven't updated the standings since uh, February Last, 21st. So get yeah. that updated. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I kind of did a little research earlier. Um, I think it was last year they didn't start putting out the rankings till November. Oh, really? Maybe for... D3, and I think the year before, maybe. I mean, I thought it was more October. We're in dog. So I'm surprised it's not rankings, but maybe uh, maybe sometime soon, hopefully this season, at least this fall, start updating. I'd like to see where we're, we're kind of ranked within our region and nationally. I mean, I think we're kind of showing. I'd like to see what the caliber of teams we're playing, too. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, or how? Absolutely. I mean, they're solid teams, obviously, but I mean, we, we beat a D a step above division Dallas Baptist, they're D2, and we'd be smoked them 7172. So that's got to help. Smoked them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're coming. We're coming after you. Yeah, right now, when the University of Arkansas hockey team rolls in, you might take a whipping. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the hockey team. And, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just fun to watch. It's fun to to win some games. And hats off to all of the 
all the players out there. I really appreciate you guys putting it online every week. I know it's not an easy easy thing to do. Yeah, it reminds me every time we talk about it, I need to buy buy another something from her, donate a little bit more because that's somebody who works really hard doing it volunteer, not getting paid very much. So <laughs> Exactly. Well, uh, how's fantasy looking, Tim? How are we doing with fantasy this week? Well, Chad, right now, um, SEC division. Well, let's talk about actually just uh, in the league in general, to a legit to quit is the only undefeated team. He's rolling. He's outscored the next second next person by 166 points. Lord. Um, so he's first in all the league. Van, De- Van Gundy's mullet. Uh, he's four and one. He's he's won four in a row, so he's second in the league. So those are our division leaders. Automatic playoff bursts, bursts and um, um, kind of next Hawkville slammers and touchdown Jesus, Arkansas raisins snacks and the playoffs looking right now go tigers and chad you're squeaking out of the last playoff spot right now so keep doing what you're doing you're three and two i'm right outside at number nine i'm two and three um i've lost just personally i've lost to my team you know tim's team has lost two weeks in a row by less than a point one week i score 180 lose by less than a point last week i score in the 90s and i lose less than a point i don't know how that happens but i mean two times in a row and I'm not looking good. The one thing with college is there's no consistency whatsoever <laughs> week to week. No. None. Well, same thing in NFL this year, too, though. Or at least my teams. Yeah. I have no consistency across the board. I don't know how one of my teams had the best draft in the entire team. Like, the A-plus draft, according to Yahoo. And yeah. uh, it hasn't won but, like, one game. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what I got got excited about it. another one. I was projecting Yahoo to do really well and had a, a draft and was projected to win the whole thing. I'm two and two and sitting sitting in seventh or eighth place. So like, gets me what? excited. Like, man, I finally did it. A good draft. I never have good drafts. And, yeah, I'm the same you know, way. Cursing a good draft. And then, cursing. And then, and then it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, college is crazy. Those two hundred point. I mean, you can have a hundred point swing in your points. Um, also, in that last week, just got to shout out Derek in Colorado. He, not shout him out in a good way, but he lost a. It's got to be a fantasy record. He lost to two legit to quit two fifty six to one thirty one. It's the difference wow. between one hundred and twenty five. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that to you, Derek. Especially after your Braves lost to the Cardinals tonight, too, but. Oh, that's all. I mean, everybody knows that it's all about the Rays. So, gonna be a fun Rays Cardinals World Series. That will be a good time. I'm excited for that. I don't understand. How do you end the the division the Rays are in and 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 be a wild card play in? Like, what is that about? That should never happen. Not win it, but come in second in the division. It's still that should never ever happen. We come in. You know, ahead of freaking Boston, all these other teams, right? Like, you're playing Boston, New York. Like, come on. It's not like you're in these easy divisions like the, you know, the cards are in or something like that where, like, anybody can just let one good team could just beat them all. 
<laughs> Alabama, AL East. Hey, I got Yankees and Red Sox, but she also got the Orioles and Blue Jays. I think both lost 100 games this year, so they're not really the best. <laughs> I'm not going to go in, and I'm not going to defend NL Central with the Cardinals play with. I, I'm not going to talk up about the Cubs, so you can forget that. I'll let you win that argument. If you <laughs> well, want to brag about how good the Red Sox – The Cubs are done. They if you want to brag about how good – Yeah, how he's going to the Angels, so they're going to be good. So. Is he really? But keep him. Keep him way over there. Golly, I hope so. I, it's just a rumor. I just because they fired their guy and he worked for the Angels for like 15 years when he was coming up in the coaching. If he goes like so. to the Red Sox or the Yankees or something like that, I'm just like, golly, I don't know what we'd do. No, you want to put him in the West. Yeah, I was like, that's there. the worst. He won the Cubs' first World Series in 100 years or whatever. Yeah, he took them to the and playoffs. They, they, <laughs> and they got rid of them. Yeah, playoffs most every year besides this one in one time. When, and they were competing for the playoffs before the second-to-last series. So, yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad they fired him, not not for his sake, but just for because I don't like having him in my, in my division. So, Absolutely crazy. And he stuff. took the Rays to the World Series. My gosh, man. I mean, I wish they could have polished the Phillies off that time, but that was, that was impressive. Well... I guess we should talk about something that's not Razorback football, or maybe we just did, because I'm actually going to keep this topic on Razorback football, Tim. I'm going to keep it right on there, right? So, I recently listened to a podcast that outlined Houston Nutt and uh, his uh, successes at the University of Arkansas, and the podcast was like he was the right coach at the, or the perfect coach at the right time. Well, I agree that he was the perfect coach. I think he'd do just as well right now. But here's my thing, right? With this is, and we talked about it. They're flying the banners over us that another. You don't see any of that stuff happening now. No. Of course, we're going to go to Kentucky, so it's not going to be a home game. So the next opportunity, I guess, would be the the. Mississippi State game. We ain't won a game by then. Hopefully, hopefully, there'll be some, you know, upset people that would be at least given the same type of treatment that, you know, Nut got uh, to him and, and uh, you know, Hatfield even. But uh, I guess my question to you, Tim, this is, this is if we, if, if, and here's the thing, are we going to bring back Petrino, all these people out there, like, we need to bring back Petrino, let's bring Petrino. That's not going to happen. We don't need to bring him back. I don't want him back. What he did was was horrible. It was horrible for the university and horrible for the state, and you can't bring him back. So forget that and just get that notion out of your head. If you're that person that wants to bring Petrino back, not going to happen. And I think he's, you know, I think, I think he's kind of done. I think that he can't recruit now that he has so many skeletons in his closet. I don't think that, that people want to go and play for that type of coach at this point in time. So I think you can forget that. But if we have to make a change, Tim, do you think that it would be a bad change to go with Houston Nutt and bring him back in, bring in a coach that has won in the SEC, that has come the closest to win an SEC championship for the University of Arkansas, had it at his fingertips, had a national championship at his fingertips, do you think it would be a bad move to bring Coach Nutt back in 
if it doesn't work out with Coach Morris? Look, I mean, I think he could take this game he, or this team to a bowl game. I do too. I mean, look, it's it's almost seems like the he was talking about the uh, here another podcast was talking about the right time. Maybe it is the right time now, and uh, uh, I just I just think as far as an option, it'd be a, something different. Maybe something we need. Uh, maybe somebody that comes in there with the passion and did like he did last time, revive the program. Maybe he doesn't, he doesn't stay. He's not going to stay twenty years. Maybe he doesn't. You know, in some people's eyes, wore out as you know, welcome or whatever. People got tired of him going to the SEC championship every one once every couple years or once every few years. And we haven't been since. Um, Beating Alabama, uh, stay stay long enough, you know. And he said he wanted Beating to coach here, and then <laughs> oh yeah, um, the only the only coach to beat Saban. Um, so uh, and the last coach to beat Alabama, even though it wasn't Saban coached Alabama, he still was the last. Well, that's got to do that, and you know he would have beat him since at least. Um, but I think it'd be. I mean, if, more, if we go two and ten this year, I don't think that would be a bad transition. You don't have to pay him six million dollars a year mm. to come and just elevate this program, get it, get it right for. A, so here's the thing, yeah. Here's the thing. I think you could go to Coach Nut and say, "Look, we need you to come in. We need some help. We don't have, you know." as much money as we'd like to have to bring in a, a head coach. We want you to come in and we want you to, you know, revise the program and get it back where it needs to be. And I think you can get him in without having to pay him as so much money that it would be hurtful in the pocket, but also you get a proven coach who's won in, you know, in this league who brought us into this league, honestly. You get a proven coach. And everybody that says, oh, Coach Nutt's too old, he's, he's 71. I mean, Saban is, what, 78 years old? What is he, 76, something like that? Like, he's up there. Right? Right. So, he has a lot of mileage on him. I mean, look at, uh, uh, look at, uh, who, what, what's the, uh, the Kansas State coach? Uh, oh, Miles? No, that's Kansas. Kansas State. Oh, Kansas State. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Well, he's not... Uh... Oh, Snyder. When Snyder. he was coaching. Bill Snyder. Look at him. You want to talk about older coaches, right? Like, <laughs> he's not like that old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is he? I think, I think he's got a second wind in him. I think that if somebody would give Coach another chance, he could win. And I think that if it doesn't work out, that that just seems like our go-to guy, in my opinion. I think that's where where your check should think about going. And and look, here's the other thing: if your check doesn't get this thing turned around, and he won't let this coach go, and it turns out that you know we gotta let your check go because he doesn't care about football enough, maybe Coach Nuts the the right guy to be the AD. Yeah, that'd be nice. And then he could hire us a proven coach. I would like a proven coach. This Morris thing doesn't work out. It's taking a chance on somebody like this again, just because they were, you know, stood next to uh, Dabo Sweeney mm-hmm. a couple seasons, you know, something like that. Give me a proven, proven head coach if this doesn't work out. But yeah, Houston's 61 years old. 
I mean, he's, oh my you know, bad, I said seventy one, didn't I? Okay, sixty one. So. <laughs> he's six years younger than Saban. You know, a couple years younger than Miles. A lot younger than Snyder was in his last years. So you know, Snyder's seventy nine. I mean, God, sixty one's especially. Well, he's also you know fifty eight really in years because he hadn't coached in a few. So it's not yeah. like <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, you got Urban Meyer, and of course somebody's going to, you know, get him to come into some program. He's only going to yeah. be there for three years, maybe four. So, like, that's the other that's the other coach that, like, comes to mind right now is, hey, we get Meyer in here, right? But he's only going to be there for maybe four years or, you know, oh, well, maybe we can go over and get Miles. Yeah, maybe, but Miles is going to come with a big paycheck, right? Yeah, and that's the guy that you can get that's going to make sense all the way around. Oh, we're going to have to pay. We'd have to pay Urban Meyer uh, a substantial sum, a sum of money. Yeah, back the Brinks. He's going to USC anyways. I'm sure. So when they when they get rid of uh, Helton over there, but I guess we can bring in Leach. I guess Leach is other, you know, the other proven coach that you think about when it when it comes to. You know what coaches can we think about? But honestly, I just I'm, I'm about ready to get nut back. I know a lot of people want to say, "Hey, let's get Petrino back." It's that and other, but I think if you look at the records that Nut and Petrino were about neck and neck is how they performed at the University of Arkansas. So if you're a Petrino guy, I I don't see why you wouldn't say, "Okay, let's go ahead and bring Nut on back in and, and get where we needed to be." And if you're a Nut guy, great. And if you're one of those guys that don't like Nut. Well, yeah, I think you need to like look deep inside your soul and think why, why, you know, because I feel like there was a lot of people that got manipulated and didn't pay attention to who he really was and listen to all the chatter that was out there towards the end of his career and uh, just went along with the group, basically, because uh, there were some people that, you know, really disliked him and they really did not have a legitimate reason to dislike him they disliked him for no reason and they tried to rip his family apart tried to ruin his family i mean why would you do that uh an arkansas guy man his whole life grew up in little rock you know what i mean why, why would you have something against him and you listen like, why would you why would you fly banners and uh, put things all over his yard and things yeah i mean he didn't feel he felt hated he was. By the time he left. He was by a large a bit, and it's crazy. It was crazy. It is crazy that a winning coach would be hated by the fan base for no reason whatsoever. It's, it's insane. And you, you listen to the podcast, and I hope you guys get a chance to do it. Um, I hope you get a chance to uh, t- take a listen. I forget the name of the, of the podcast, but... Uh, um, I'm sure Tim knows it. Anyway, take a listen to that if you get a chance. And, and you'll hear that, like, he still has a passion for the University of Arkansas. He still has a passion for for the football program. He still has that fire in his belly. And he didn't have that when he went to Ole Miss. You can hear it in how he talks. And, you know, when he went over to Ole Miss, you can just, you can just tell, like, he was doing that to be spiteful and vengeful and it didn't work out for him because being spiteful and vengeful rarely does but you can also understand why he was spiteful and vengeful because he was just treated wrong period well arkansas 
fan base was in the wrong the way Coach Nutt was treated. Period. Yeah, he was. Um, he went over to Ole Miss and won a couple cotton. His last two seasons weren't great, but I'm sure. I mean, Ole Miss, back-to-back years. Um, I think after that, you know, that was he had momentum from being uh, vengeful, and you don't blame him. I mean, we went down there in 2009, and he kicked our ass. Yeah. Remember that year? I we did. drove down there, had tickets, and he just, we just down there and got smoked. Um, smoked. Um, yeah, he was treated terrible. Um, God, 61. That's young. I mean, he could, I mean, look, maybe Morris will turn it around. I'm hoping we talked about this earlier in this podcast. I hope he turns it around. I hope we make a bowl game this year. But if it's two and 10, three and nine, I mean, might yeah. be some things to think about. If he doesn't turn it around, we're going to have to give Morris a buyout of $200,000 a month. We also have to pay a buyout of $300,000 a month to, to Bellamy. So that's $500,000 a month we have to pay out in a buyout. That's painful. It really is. That's painful. And people say, oh, well, if you get rid of, of Morris, then you are not making sense financially as far as the University of Arkansas goes. And if that's the only reason that Hunter Yurchek is holding on to Coach Morris is because it don't make sense financially because you're not going to bring in a big-time name and pay him big-time money. I guarantee you, if you just picked up the phone and you called down at Dallas-Fort Worth and you talked to Coach Nutt and you said, look, we need help at the University of Arkansas. We need somebody that can turn this thing around. You know, this coach isn't going in the right direction. Things aren't going in the right direction. And, you know, we can't give you, you know, this huge buyout. We can't give you as much money as we'd like to, but we'll we'll put it in incentives. We'll we'll, we'll We'll do what we have to do if you can show us that you can win. I guarantee you he would take the job. He would come up here and he would win some ball games. Especially because this, you know, kids are out of the house. Um, you know, he spent a lot of good time with his with his wife and his family. It's time for him to get back. And he, you can listen in that. Uh, it's the Hog Pot, uh, Bo Maddenley's uh, podcast. No, that's what really, really good, really good interview. Uh, oh, one of Coach the best Nutt, podcasts. Tell he just. He's, I mean, he grew up in Little Rock. He went to games at War. He's one of those good, you know, South Arkansas, Central Arkansas guys that, you know, grew up, uh, you know, uh, going to War Memorial games. Those were the games he went to games. So he saw the championship team of 64, all these Frank Burles teams, you know, <laughs> and was recruited by Frank Burles. I mean, my gosh, he's got Arkansas running him. You know, he wants to, uh, he'd love to come back and for cheap, like you said, man. For real cheap is when if we have to pay two buyouts. Exactly, and it, it's not like you're getting a second-rate coach. You're getting a proven coach that can win, a proven coach that can win in the SEC. That's what you're getting, right? And if you say, "Oh, well, you know, what about the players? This, that, and other?" Well, one thing we did know about notice he took whatever players he had and he won with them. Right, whether he had Starner and he was throwing the ball around a little bit more, or whether he had D-Mac and he was running it a lot, he did what the players could do on the field more than more than tailoring a team around what he wanted to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with uh, you know. Really, I thought balance. You know, he got people got onto him. About running the ball, but man, that's how he controlled a lot of these games and didn't 
have a lot of fourth quarter meltdowns because he was able to run the ball and always had really good offensive lines. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, always had, you know, never had just a woeful uh, defense. If something was a problem, it was maybe, maybe inept at, excuse me, inept at, uh, maybe quarterback for a year or two, but always had some solid defenses and always had, you know, stars. And he always fired you up. I mean, he was Arkansas through and through. Smoke screens. That's all he runs, them smoke screens. <laughs> and I always think there was a time we played Auburn, uh, ranked down there. I remember we were, it was like a third and, third and 20 or, or you know big big play guess what he does a draw play smoke draw to fred tally what does he do busted for a touchdown we end up winning the game or how about uh even the miracle on markham um third and long draw play to decory birmingham for the first down on the drive that well i acting like that play never did work i mean <laughs> you know what i mean anyways besides Oh man, he was a great coach. Yeah, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. And I was just wondering what your what your uh what your, you know, stance was on there. And if you haven't heard the hog pod with, with Bo Madden, good lord, go give that a listen. That is one of the best one of the best podcasts out there right now. And definitely definitely listening tonight was an uplifting and at the same time very upsetting listen yeah that's a that's a point too though chad i mean kind of upsetting where we've fallen where we had where we're at now um, also and also the way you know how that how that ended exactly well i yeah. guess that's all we got for this week we'll pick suey go hogs <laughs>